Hey, it's Chris here. I've got a quick question for you. What are you doing November 9 through to the 11th this year, 2019? If you're available, I want you to consider coming to our annual conference, which takes place in London, England, every single November. It's called the Youpreneur Summit, and it is the UK's number one online entrepreneurship conference. But don't let the fact that we're using the word UK in there spoil it for you. In fact, actually, we've now had people from over 40 countries around the world attend the event since we started it in 2017. This year, you're going to get the opportunity to learn from people like Todd Herman. Hal Elrod, JJ Virgin, Sue B. Zimmerman, Phil Jones, and a host of other incredible entrepreneurs and extremely successful business owners. And we would love for you to be able to come and spend some time with us, learn lots, mastermind plenty, network like your life depended on it, and go away from the event ready to take on the world more than ever before. The first two years sold out months before the conference even took place, and we doubt that 2019 is going to be any different. So head over to youpanasummit.com right now to secure your ticket. That's youpanasummit.com. I'll see you in London. This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind community. A place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello there and welcome to episode number 340 of Youpreneur FM. I'm your host, Chris Ducker, as always. And this week, we've got a real treat in store for all of you Youpreneurs tuning in. And by the way, if you identify with being a Youpreneur already, that's great. But if you don't, allow me to help you out. A Youpreneur is ultimately somebody who builds a business based around them, their expertise, and the people that they want to serve. So if you're a coach, a consultant, author, speaker, content creator, mentor, whatever the case may be, if that fits your vibe, then you are about to become a member of the right tribe. Now, this week on the show, my good friend Michael Hyatt, New York Times bestselling author, Wall Street Journal bestselling author, and an incredibly smart and proactive and influential leader, joins me to talk all about his new book, Free to Focus, but actually so, so much more than just that book as well. We dive into his legacy planning and what he's doing to ultimately remove himself from his own business, which recently became a member of of the Inc. 5000 Club and has grown 60-odd percent over the last 12 months alone. Michael has so much more to share than just talking about productivity and being free to focus, although that is the focus of our show this week. Please sit back, relax, enjoy a glass of your favorite, whatever it may be, and enjoy this conversation with myself and Michael. Here we go. So, Michael, welcome back to Youpreneur FM, my friend. Thank you, Chris. It's a joy to be on again. Man, you know, I feel like we do this about once a year, but then when we do it, I feel like I want to do it every month. (laughs) I know. I feel the same way. I mean, you're like, first of all, you're my favorite extrovert, and I just love your- (laughs) I don't know how to take that exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as an introvert, let me just say this. Okay. I, I, I I don't really- 
you know, have a lot of close friends that are uh, extroverts because they wear okay. me out. But but you, I love. And I, I especially love your vision for what you're trying to do, not just for your own business, but what you're trying to do for other people. And that just resonates deeply with me. No, and I take, you know, honestly, and I appreciate that. I'm more than happy to be Michael Hyatt's favorite extrovert. Um, I might get business cards made with that, actually. That might actually happen. Um, I, uh, I, I appreciate that probably more than you know, because as you know, I mean, we have become friends over the years, but I also look to you as somewhat of a mentor as well. And um, mm, over you. the years, I've learned a lot from you and the way that you get things done. And I think that, you know, it, and this is what I'm always saying to the people that listen into this show every week, like, if you want to do better, then you've got to surround yourself with people that are doing better than you. And I'm, I'm a big, big believer that, you know, we truly mm -hmm. are um, in way more control of our own destiny based on nothing but making decisions. Uh, and I think a so lot true. of people miss out on that. And uh, I think we're going to delve into that today. We're going to delve into a lot today, actually. So here's a couple of things I want to talk about. Obviously, your new book, Free to Focus, just came out uh, not so long ago. It's done incredibly well. Um, and I think we, I want to touch on that, but I would love to begin this conversation, if I may, uh, if you will indulge me, sir. Um, you have been a very busy boy over the last couple of years, growing your company and, and the team and the revenue and all this different stuff that you've got going on. I mean, what has happened to Michael Hyatt in the last couple of years? It seems like you've just gone from strength to strength to strength to strength over the last two, three years mm -hmm. or so. What's been the two or three things that have moved the needle the most for you, do you think? Wow. That's a great question. I, I think vision, you know, like you, I'm compelled by a vision to really help people, particularly business owners and leaders, get the focus they need. And this is kind of my tagline for my podcast, but to win at work and succeed at life. Mm -hmm. In other words, how can you scale dramatically and yet have a sustainable life? You know, so that you're not uh, building your business at the expense of your health or your most important relationships. So I was telling you off uh, before we started that, you know, our business grew 62% last year. So we're, you know, uh, well into eight figures now, grew 62% last year. And at the same time, I took 160 days off last year, including a one month sabbatical with my wife, basically 11 weeks of vacation where I wasn't connected at the office uh, to the office at all. And I just am passionate about being able to give kind of the philosophy and the frameworks to other business owners and entrepreneurs so that they don't have to, to fall victim to what I call the hustle fallacy, where it's just, you know, you got to work 80 to hundred hour weeks and then you wake up one day and your health is out of whack or you, you know, you're going through, um, you know, a breakup with your spouse or you've lost your kids. That doesn't have to be the case. So, yeah. So I guess, I guess I just feel, you know, compelled that if I'm going to teach that I have to live it and I have to live it first. So yeah. that's kind of the driving thing behind everything I do. Well, I think taking off pretty much almost half the year uh, and continuing to grow your business at that kind of rate is is clearly uh, enough proof that we need to see that you know it's possible if you do it the right way. I mean, mm. and the one thing that I saw you do, and as you know, I've had you know office premises, business premises for the whole time that we've been friends over the last eight nine years or yes. whatever it is, um, and we've talked about that on on occasion as well. But you recently created an office of your own right there in your hometown and. I want to go and work there. Like it looks, 
it looks so nice that I want to go work there. Uh, is there a hot desk for me if I'm ever in town? I need to know this. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, um, I'm going to have your name put on it. Yes. Just so it's, it's known as, as the Chris Ducker you know, sort of memorial. Yeah, <laughs> memorial. That's what, that's what it is, yeah. And then it needs to say underneath, otherwise known as Michael Hyatt's favorite extrovert. If you forget that, then the <laughs> deal's right. I'm not coming to tell. Um, but but that, was, that yeah. was a pretty big move for you, though, because, I mean, a lot of your team are remote. I mean, they're, they're quite spread out, but I'm assuming that maybe more and more of them are a little bit more locally based now. Yeah, so we have about 40 teammates. And when we started, they were everywhere. But one of the things that happens in the States is that when you have teammates in other states and you have a business like ours, you end up paying state taxes in those states where they reside. Mm -hmm. So that was a motivation to get everybody sort of consolidated in and around Nashville where I live so that we didn't have to pay that what's called a nexus tax, state tax. But more importantly than that, one of the things we found was sort of the limitations of remote work. And we're all for remote. And in fact, people work most of the time still in their homes, even those that live here. But we felt like, you know, and there's a lot of studies that have corroborated this. People get lonely. They miss the social interaction. They need that for their creativity. So we said, what if we, we kind of created the best of both possible worlds and created a co-working space that we owned and controlled? So we, we don't share it with other people. It's just for our team. And we said, how can we make this so beautiful in a way that says to our employees that you're you're our first and most important customers. If we're, what we're selling doesn't work with you, then it's not gonna work with anybody else. And I developed this philosophy about 15 years ago. And the philosophy was that my first accountability as the CEO of my company is to take care of my team. If my team will take care of my customers, my customers will take care of me. There you go. And if you get that out of whack, it um, it's not good. So that was kind of that informed that kind of bedrock philosophy informed how we designed uh, that space and and frankly how we designed our employee uh, benefits as well. Yeah, no, and I know you you place a big uh, premium on obviously hiring great people, but then doing what you need to do as an employer as a leader to be able to keep those people you know in house as well. Yeah. I, I love that about you. You it's it's quite clear that you have absolutely no problems at all reinvesting your profits into your people and making sure that they're comfortable right. and they're growing as well themselves individually. Let me ask you this, and it's a bit of a loaded question because I'm sure you've got an amazing answer for it, but do you ever worry about the fact that you, you, you will train and mentor your staff so well that they'll fly away and, and maybe set up a competing company or something like that? Yeah, that's a good question. To be honest, I really don't think about it. You know, we we have employment agreements that protect our uh, intellectual property okay, because, so you know, people... Non-competes and non-enticements and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. But at the same time, I mean, we've had teammates that have left to go do other things. And, uh, you know, we frankly blessed them and hope they succeed and, and prosper. I never want to feel like people owe me something or I right. have them handcuffed to the company. I think it's on me as an employer to create the kind of environment and culture and reward system that keeps them here and not wanting to leave. And so like one of the ways we do that is we, we, everybody in our company gets a bonus based on the profit of the company and there's no cap to it. So it, it won't top out. So if we go crazy and are wildly profitable in a year, they get to share in that. Cause I want all of us on the same side of the table, so to speak with the same kind of reward system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it, it, 
And it's and we structured the incentives in some other ways that have been amazing, long-term incentives that if people leave, frankly, they for, forfeit that part of it. So um, we like to motivate them to stay. Yeah, no doubt. And clearly they are because you've got a great team you know, being built. Okay, let's switch gears uh, for the first time. There's going to be three or four switches, so get ready for them. Um, okay. the, the first one is I want to talk full focus planner and uh, if we do end up publishing this video this is what it looks like everyone this is a slightly older version but michael has promised he's about to send me the new super duper uh you know tanned leather interior one um <laughs> this was a this was a, a a very unique move from you i didn't see it coming i think a lot of other people didn't see it coming it came out it looked beautiful you marketed it amazingly well and you've now got over 200,000 people subscribing to this thing that's remarkable it is. Where did, where did it all come from? Well, you have to understand that almost my entire career and several of my key executives we spent in the book publishing world. Yes. So we love books. We love physical artifacts. We love things that people can get their hands on. We also noticed with our clients and students that while we love digital, they love digital, that that can be a lot of distraction for people when they're trying to execute and manage their day. And so we took sort of the concept in my uh, goal achievement program, Your Best Year Ever, and my productivity course, Free to Focus, now the book, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, those two things we said, we need a tool. We need a tool that enables people to stay focused on their goals because after taking 35,000 people through the, the, the Your Best Year Ever course and over 120,000 people who bought the book, the number one reason, if people have written goals, the number one reason why they don't achieve those goals is they lose visibility. So we wanted a tool, and the Full Focus Planner is that tool. We wanted a tool where people could keep their goals visible, review them on a daily, weekly, and quarterly basis. And we have a whole system for how they do that that's baked into the planner. And then more importantly, execute on a daily basis so that they actually achieve those goals. So it's a whole philosophy and this is the tool. This tool also is one of the few planners out there that comes with a video mentoring program. So I did uh, basically a bunch of short videos, an hour's worth of videos. So it doesn't take long to get through them, but which takes you through every aspect of the planner and sort of gives you the thinking and the, and, uh, the frameworks behind it so that you know how to use it and apply it to the, to the best benefit. Okay, so this, 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 this to me then sounds like it, it goes hand in hand with Free to Focus um, as the new book. And I'm obviously, you're a very successful guy when it comes to books. You've had a lot of best-selling books. You have been, like you very clearly stated, in the book world for the very large majority of your career. Um, and I'll be frank, you know, when Mike Hyatt's going to come out with a new book. I'm excited because I've read every single one Thank of your you. books. I love them. I think you're a great writer. I think you you talk a lot of sense clearly. Um, and I, I truly do believe that when I see someone being as strategic as you are with a lot of the things that you do, it's for a very good reason. Full focus, you know, free to focus, these things must marry up perfectly together. Tell me I'm they right. Do. Otherwise, I'm going to look really silly right now in front of my entire community. No, they absolutely do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all about focus because I know that focus is power. 
Mm. You know, when you can focus on the right things and not be distracted by the wrong things, you can make major progress towards your goals. And I think, frankly, that's why our business has scaled like it has. But here's the, the premise I reject. Um, so often the way that this is taught, especially to entrepreneurs, is that the way to achieve more is to do more. Mm -hmm. So I call it the hustle fallacy, but uh, there are other entrepreneurs, people I could name, but I won't, but people who advocate working at 80 to 100 hours a week. And they, you know, they end up, as I was saying earlier, with blown up health, blown out relationships, and it just doesn't fare better. So I began to challenge that whole premise about 10 years ago and say, what if constraints were our friends and we could actually achieve more by doing less? Mm. So I observed, like most people have observed, on that Friday, before you go on a one-week holiday or vacation, it's an amazing productive time because you've got a hard stop. You know, you've got to get your work done before you get on the airplane or get on the boat or leave town or whatever it is. And so you're amazingly efficient. You don't get distracted. You don't get sidetracked. You stay focused. I said, what if we could apply that same concept to the other areas of our life, everything we're trying to do. So I advocate in the book, the whole premise of it is it's a total productivity system, and it is a system, all works together, for achieving more by doing less. Our typical coaching client, we were talking about my coaching program, Business Accelerator, earlier, but my coaching client, on average, and we survey them, shave, they shave 11 hours off their work week in the first year of our program. They also, by the way, increased their revenue by an average of 67%. That's crazy. That's those two numbers together so, like that are crazy. We, we love it. And it's, it's yeah. just, it, it really reflects what we're after. That's awesome. Okay. Let's break down the system a little bit. Uh, I know that obviously, okay. you know, we've only got 15 or so minutes left with each other. So we're not going to sort of, you know, go too deep. Plus y'all have to pick up the book if you want the whole thing. But um, let, let's, let's take maybe two or three of the main parts of the book that you think are the absolute no brainer sections and uh, kind of break them down a little bit. I'll, I'll hand okay. it to you and let you kind of just shine the light here a little sure. bit. Well, let me give you and our listeners kind of an overview. The book is brought, broken into three parts, and we call this the productivity flywheel, but it starts with stopping. It proceeds in the second third of the book to cutting, and then the final third of the book is about acting or doing. So the funny thing about it is, why would we start with stop? I mean, it seems like a productivity book. You want to get going. You want to get into motion. You want to act, take action. The reason we stop is that most people are on a, a uh, uh, hamster wheel where they're just going, 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 going. And I want to say, hey, stop the madness. Let's start with giving a clear, getting a clear vision of where all this productivity and this drive for greater productivity, what's the end game? What are we after? Is it just greater productivity? Is it having more? And I propose, and you wrote an entire book on virtual freedom, but I propose that the end game is freedom. What I found is that with most uh, business owners, most entrepreneurs, they get into business because they're tired of working for the man or the woman. They want to be free. And they wake up two years later and their entrepreneurial dream has turned into an entrepreneurial nightmare because now they're working for the most oppressive, unreasonable boss that they've ever worked for which is themselves. They're working more hours than they've ever worked. They have less freedom than they've ever had. And so I want to say no. And so I talk about four specific kinds of freedom in that first chapter. The second chapter is called, that first one's called formulate. The second chapter is called evaluate. And that chapter is about 
How can we uh, have, a, have a system? How can we evaluate where we are and create a framework that enables us to move forward and actually do less? And this is the heart of the book. In fact, I, I'll only get into the rest of the book if you want to, but this is the heart of the book. So I have this framework, this visual diagram called the Freedom Compass. And the Freedom Compass says this. First of all, we all need to know true north, especially when we get lost. That's why we have to stop and look at the compass, right? So that's where it begins. So when we look at the compass, it's basically a two-by-two two matrix with two axes. First of all, what am I passionate about? What do I love to do? What comes sort of natural to me and I really enjoy and feel a sense of satisfaction? And then secondly, proficiency. What am I good at? And so good at that people are actually willing to pay me for. So this creates four different zones. If you rotate this 45 degrees, you've got a, a compass. So true north is what I, what I uh, call your desire zone. This is, this is where you should be working the bulk of your time. It's those things that you're passionate about, those things that you're proficient at, those things that drive the results in your business and, and you could do all day, every day. This is what leads to freedom. The opposite of this is what I call your drudgery zone. So this is where you have no passion, and you have no proficiency. So this is where a lot of people get stuck. So for me, and, and thank God it's different for everybody, but for me in my drudgery zone, it's things like managing my own email, trying to manage my calendar, booking travel, you know, any kind of administrative thing, expense reports, all that stuff that needs to get done. Thankfully, my assistant, Jim, those are in his desire zone. I think that's how God made the world. So it's all works together. My desire zone, there's only three activities that I really love to do and drive the results. And it's first of all, creating content. Second of all, delivering content like I am right now. And third, casting vision for my team about where the future is and where we're going. If it's not one of those three, it's outside of my desire zone and it's a candidate. And this is the second part of the book to either eliminate, automate or delegate. And most of us are trying to do too much stuff that's outside of our lane. And so I talk about all the challenges of, well, what if you're a solopreneur and you don't have anybody to whom you can delegate? I talk about, you know, the, the basic elements of building a team and, you know, what I've learned about that uh, over the years. But that's, that's the Freedom Cup. There's two other uh, zones that are really important, and I won't go into these, but there's the disinterest zone, you know, where you're really pretty good at it. You just don't really like it that much. Right. Oftentimes yeah, yeah. these are... Yeah, unfortunately, these are oftentimes things that, you know, are creating the revenue for your business now and, and making you tired of your business and not liking it. Then there's the distraction zone where we may think we like it, but we don't have a lot of proficiency and it's a place we go to hide or escape. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I love, I love, I, and you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking back to when I was writing Virtual Freedom as well. And there's, there's a lot of similarities here, funnily enough, yes. right, which I think is fantastic. Um, let me, let me zoom in on one little aspect right here. And I think, you know, I talk a lot about non-negotiables and non-essentials and that sort of like when we're having our team meetings, I'm like, you know, <clears throat> what's the one thing this quarter that you will not negotiate on in any way, shape or form. And I really, I'm very fast and very hard to keep people to those, you know, those non-negotiables on a quarterly basis. And the reason why we do them on a quarterly basis is because obviously they change as and when we're working on certain projects or launches or whatever the case sure. may be. What's your take on the non-essentials? Cause I know you go into this in the book a little bit. Um, 
and, and more importantly, identifying those non-essentials and then being able to cut them out of what we're doing day to day. Any tips on that? Yeah. Well, the cool thing about the, the Freedom Fump Compass is once you define that, we all have a whole exercise called the task filter that we run people through. And, and here's the problem, by the way, with sort of the getting things done methodology. And I know people, a lot of people subscribe to that methodology. And, you know, I did two for years. But we have to remember that book was written in 2001 before the advent of book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Social media, text messages. But there's no filter. So like if you think it, it goes on a list and you end up managing these lists, sometimes hundreds of items long. So the, the great thing about the Freedom Compass is it gives us a filter. The first question I ask is, is this thing in my desire zone? If it's not, now I may have to do it. Maybe I'm a solopreneur and I have you know, no way to eliminate it or automate it or delegate it. Right, right. But let me just tell you something. That becomes a candidate as soon as I get some help or as soon as I can figure it out, I want to get rid of that stuff. Right. So that's... That's one of the ways that we kind of create those non-negotiables. But here's another one. The third chapter is on rejuvenation. Chris, when you're rested, when you're eating well, when you're exercising, when you're taking time to play with your kids or whomever, you're the best version of Chris that you can possibly be. You're more focused. You're more productive. You have my drive and, and, and motivation, and you're a lot more fun to be around. Mm -hmm. So that rejuvenation is key. So with our team, for example, we encourage people to not work evenings or weekends. In fact, if somebody sends a Slack message or an email message on the weekend, that's kind of, we don't exactly shame them, but that's really discouraged. Right. We right. give our team unlimited PTO paid time off. So they, they could take off as much time as they want. And by the way, for all the business owners that are going, that's crazy. We have never had anyone abuse it. Hmm. But that doesn't surprise me though, knowing yeah. what I do know about the people that join your company in the first place. Like I know you, you hire the right people, I think, to begin with in the first place. That's the key. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That's the key. But I'll tell you what it does give people is a sense of autonomy. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, control over their work life and we want them to take off. In fact, after every three years, we give people a 30 day paid, a paid sabbatical so that they can really rejuvenate at least every three years where they got 30 days. We don't expect them to check in with the office that we don't expect them to be available for questions. They're just out of it for 30 days. This, this, this is where, you know, at least 50% of my listenership is going to apply for your next job. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I want to know. You guys tuning in. If you end up working for Michael Hyatt and Company, I must know that this was the episode that made it happen. Let me know. I love it. Um, Mike, I know we're coming to the end of our time. I've got one more question I want to ask you. And, um, okay. and, and, and for you guys tuning in, clearly, I mean, I, I, I love this man. I love everything that he does from a, from a work scenario. He is honestly, genuinely a real mentor of mine, as well as a good friend. But I genuinely suggest if you don't know Michael yet and you don't know what he's all about and why he does what he does, you've got to pick up a copy of Free to Focus. We're going to have links to that uh, and, 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 and everything else over at the show notes, which will be at youpreneur.com forward slash 340. That's 340. But Michael, allow me to indulge as I did at the beginning of the recording, at the end of the recording here a little bit. What does the next two or three years look like for Michael, because the last two or three years have been incredible. Now I need to know what you're focusing on in the next two to three years. Can you give us any kind of uh, sneak peeks? Sure. Or, not that I'm asking for anything too personal or too scoopy, but have you got, have no, you got anything to share? 
Well, I am committed to writing a book a year. So my next book that'll be out next year, hopefully, uh, is called The Vision Driven Leader. And it's all about how do you create vision for yourself and for your company? Because that's the number one question that my clients ask is this vision thing. How do you do that? So, but actually, the, my number one focus is replacing myself. Um, if you've got a business, I love this. okay, this is so good. Let's keep talking for another three hours. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> I, I, I must, this is great. Cause oh my God, this is fantastic. Okay. So break it down. But where, where, where's okay. this going? Okay. So first it started with kind of my vision for life, you know, after I was in such control. So I'm, so I'm, I'm making my daughter, who's our COO. She's going to become the CEO. This is the timetable we've got and we've announced to our entire team. She's going to become the CEO on December the 1st, 2021. So I've got a little less than three years to get her fully prepared. After that, I will become the chairman. I will not have operational responsibilities. I will um, write one book a year. I will do some speaking on behalf of the company and I will lead our top level um, coaching program. That's all I'm going to do. Okay. Now, what that's going to do, that's going to make me, I'm going to be transforming from an operator to an owner. And those are two different things. If your business can't survive without your presence, you don't have a, you don't, you know, have a business, your business basically owns you. Totally. And I don't I want that. I completely agree. So part of my, part of my plan, I take a, I've taken a 30 day sabbatical every year for the last eight years. Uh, this next year, I'll be taking a, a two-month sabbatical. And the following year, before I make Megan the CEO, I'll take a three-month sabbatical, just kind of as a, you know, a test run to make sure that everything's working without my presence. Now, clarify, uh, and you were actually, and I know you know this because I told you, you were, the, you were the inspiration behind the DACA sabbatical every August, which I, I know you know already. But clarify to the listeners here real quick. What does that mean for you? That, that sabbatical, what does it look like? Well, it looks like, first of all, going someplace really awesome with Gail for 30 days, like we're going to Wyoming uh, in the States this year, where I'm going to be, both of us are going to be doing fly fishing uh, almost every day because we love to fly fish. Last year, we went to British Columbia. One year, we went for 30 days to Italy. But here's the main thing about it. We don't think about work. Mm. We don't talk about work. Mm. We don't read books about work or listen to podcasts about work. Because as it turns out, uh, I'm a whole lot more interesting if I know some stuff that's beyond, you know, work. And, and <laughs> our best thinking is when we're relaxed, you know. And so to let myself just completely relax and unwind and de-stress for 30 days is amazing. Now, I will tell you a secret, though. I don't know if you found this on, on your August sabbatical. But unless we have that planned out and we actually have things that we want to learn or grow and do, then we just drift back to work. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely found it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We have the same rule on the weekends, but I've, I've found that I have to plan my weekends. There has to be fun, non-work related activities that I plan or I'll drift back to work. I love that. Me and Charles just started archery together recently. Oh, I love that. He turned 10 on his 10th birthday, went to the archery club. We fired out some arrows and we had a great time. So I'm with you 120%. I, I agree with all of that completely. Um, we could carry on going forever. Clearly you guys tuning in. I hope if this is the first time that you're discovering Michael, and we've grown a lot in terms of our numbers over the last four months since he was on since uh, his last appearance. 
If this is the first time you're discovering Michael, please hop over to michaelhyatt.com. Please make sure you check out youpreneur.com forward slash three four zero links to free to focus links to the full uh, full focus planner and everything else that we've got going on will be over there. Michael Hyatt. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you, Chris. Always a joy to be with you. Likewise. If you guys tuning in, thank you for being with us as well. We'll be back at you again next Friday with another episode of Youpreneur FM. Until then, take good care. Bye for now. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd love for you to check out the Youpreneur Mastermind Community. It's the go-to resource for everyone wanting to build a profitable, future-proof business based around their experience and those that they want to serve. So whether you're just starting out or if you've been working hard on your personal brand and building your online platform for a while, the Youpreneur Mastermind community can help you take everything you've been doing to the next level. With lots of training, live mastermind calls, and thriving community forums where you can get the feedback, advice, and more energy and encouragement than you'll know what to do with, the Youpreneur Mastermind community is the perfect place for anyone wanting to learn how to build, market, and monetize their personal brand. For more info and to get started on your new Youpreneur journey, head over to youpreneur.com today. I'll see you on the inside.